At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Our chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. everyone welcome back to another fine episode of dr homebrew the only show that doesn't talk about wiener jokes or poopy jokes which is very surprising considering who's hosting it you just did i need to work on my i need to work on my intros a year and a half later and i still don't know what to say right now whatever we have a good time we do we do and you said something you said something and that's all that matters, really. No dead air time. No dead air. You can't have dead air. Well, I don't know. If you you can. can't. Um, anyway, uh, I am your host, Jason J.P. Petros, of course. And with me, as always, are Brian and Lee, two of the most handsome master BJCP judges you will ever meet within a 50-mile radius of me at any <laughs> one given time. Until... He's, until uh, um, he scares most of them away. That's, well, that's true. And, well, until NHC, but also until uh, Nate Smith... Gets his, is he master? Is he national? He's national. He's national. He's a loser. He is definitely more handsome than we are, though. I think so. He's younger than you. I yeah, think so. He's got By that default, glow. he's more attractive. Yeah. Isn't that how it works? Yeah. The younger like are the more attractive. Yeah. Right, well, Beth? not always. He's, he has prettier, uh, prettier hair, you know. And more hair than both of us Who, put together. Who's more attractive? Yeah, uh, just younger people in general. Than you guys? Yeah, than anybody. Than older people. <laughs> I take it you weren't listening. Isn't to Bebo no, younger I, than all of us? I, I first of all, yes, <laughs> and uh, second of all, I was listening to you, but I, I still don't really understand the question. Neither do I. Skip okay. it. You don't yeah. need context. No, just yeah. <laughs> then the answer will be yes. Perfect. Okay. When in doubt, just agree with everything JP says. Right. That's the only. That's the only reason I do the show. I hate doing radio, but I just want people to agree with me. Forget libertarian free will. <laughs> Oh, I started listening to this podcast. It's called Very Bad Wizards, and it's kind of terrible. Uh, but well, the name sounds awesome. It's pretty cool. Mm. I think it's great. Uh, but they're just—they're um, not psychologists. They're uh, philosophy people, like they're philosophy professors. But they're kind of fun. They have kind of a like huh. a off-centered sense of humor and whatever. I um, thought they were really wizards. <laughs> Over are you, it. Are you for real? So you're a. <laughs> You're a oh, connoisseur right. of obscure podcasts. Jay I don't know. I was I've been looking for something to watch. Anyway, so they they oh. they did a couple shows on like free will and and, and and is anything we do actually you know of ourselves and yeah. our own and I'm and they keep saying the term libertarian free will and I've just been too lazy to Google it. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but I listened I, to the stupid show like an idiot. I was like, oh, I think I'm making myself smarter right it now. It was written in the stars that you would not look that up, JP. <laughs> 
There you go. No, no free will. There is no free will, apparently. Um, I just listen to podcasts because they tell me to. But you can send in whatever beer you like. I heard of this great <laughs> yeah, obscure to, to podcast. To us. Called well, Dr. Homebrew. We're actually doing great. Oh. We're like the fourth highly rated show on the Brewing Network out of four shows. Five shows now. Cool. Yeah. How are we doing compared to like NPR podcasts? I don't even... They actually get paid. Do we like get up above some of the lower rated ones of theirs? Yeah. You know, so it's Serial and then Us. Yes. It's just right. It's like right one and two. Serial is great, man. It's a dead heat. It is pretty My cool. My wife is addicted to that. There's also, also another one. Uh, what is it? Invisibilia. That one's cool, too. Really? I'm starting to, I, after like 10 years of not listening to podcasts, yeah. I feel like I should start. I feel like it's my duty. Yeah, train yourself. I have like eight of them or whatever. Some of them don't know how to talk either, JP. They don't talk good <laughs> no, at all. No, no. talking good. But, okay. I mean, so the whole time listening to Serial, I, I thought this should be a TV show. Why are yeah. you wasting time putting a podcast together? Get a friggin' television crew out there. And then and then now HBO has this show called The Jinx, which I guess is kind of like Serial, but hmm. visual and... That's supposedly right. the next big thing for TV and documentaries is well, true crime. So where's like, the television crew? I'm, I don't have any. Dude, get on it. You can charisma. use your imagination. Just like right. you, put you, us on TV. You can there imagine you us being handsome, put us actually, on TV. in real life. Yeah, if you can imagine us being handsome, you can put us Everyone on TV. Like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. you keep You're on live stream. You can shoot for the moon. How good looking these guys are. Right. They think of us as like no, real golden TV. gods. Yeah. Like where we get paid and everything. I think leave. I did this for seven and a half <laughs> years before I ever saw a dime. And it's about time you did, right? You got a, you got a tattoo out of it, so I don't know why you're complaining. <laughs> Shut up. Where? <laughs> anyway, we're Dr. Homebrew, and uh, what we do is we are an interactive BGCP score sheet. Uh, you send us beer. Email me at jp at thebrainnetwork.com, and uh, I will eventually contact you once I wake up from my daily nap. And then uh, you will send us beer, and then we judge it. And by we, I mean Brian and Lee, because I just sit here and sweat profusely. And then uh, we'll get you on the air, and you uh, talk to us. I don't know. We, we taste your beer, and uh, you ask us questions, and then you win stuff. You get stuff. So our fine sponsor, Five Star, whom you can go to fivestarchemicals.com and check out. You can go uh, you know, check out all the ins and outs of PBW, Star Sand, Sandy Clean, all this kind of cool stuff for you to clean and then sanitize your home brewing equipment with. Um, because you can't do both at the same time. You, mm-hmm. you know that by now. But anyway, uh, the lovely folks at Five Star send you a nice little gift pack for being on. Uh, we have a couple other you know, giveaways. Uh, our other fine sponsor, Grog Tag, of whom are represented in the studio today. In the house. Hi, fellas. How's it going? Hey, JP. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's in another time zone right now. Apparently. I'm a little nervous. You look great. <laughs> you look relaxed. I don't know how you're uh-huh. nervous. You're like, you got one elbow. You got the, the lean on. You're doing uh-huh. great. Yeah, I'm faking it good. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a beer in front of you. Maybe that's the problem. I had one outside, and I'm nervous about this tasting. <laughs> uh, so Steve was kind enough to to supply us with his beer. Now, Steve is a is a pseudo... Would you qualify yourself as a beginning home brewer still? Very much so? <laughs> Sorry. Intermediate? Definitely, definitely a beginning home brewer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, bless his heart, he's... Uh, He's brewing a lot, and so you you have a, a reoccurring issue. Bless your yeah. heart. Well, if I'm I'm the one who came up with Grog Tag's tagline. At least your beer will look good. That right. is true. Yeah, <laughs> it's very true. There's a reason for that. <laughs> he's lived it for four years, and now he's last six months. He's really living it because he's brewing. <laughs> I, I did set a resolution in January. I I think I brewed. I was brewing once, one batch, maybe two batches a week until. Uh, end of February, and then 
I kind of fell out of it. So I got yeah. really into it for a while. Had a couple of beers that came out pretty good, and then this happened. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so, you know, in, in talks with you over the months, you say you, you have some flavor that kind of carries over from your beers, right? Well, yeah, and particularly the last three batches, to me, they all taste uh, like what you guys are going to taste here. <laughs> uh, and I can't, I've been like hunting all the off flavors, and I just, I don't think it's a contaminant. I mean, it's, I like, you, you've tasted it before. I have tasted it before. Um, the most recent sample was flat, so it's kind of yeah. hard to, to really judge. But I didn't find anything... Super Which shocked like, me. Weird, yeah. It's because you're you're real hard on your own beer, which I think all of us are. Yeah, that might. It, yeah. It's kind of natural, um, but uh, I didn't really. I was like, "What the hell is he talking about?" Okay, well, but, I mean, we got the like judges Doc- here. We'll yeah, we'll be the real judges of that. Right? I mean, it tasted like Dr Pepper, but because you had you know, <laughs> didn't you have like a soda bottle or something like that? Yeah. No, it had some lemon essence in it from the. <laughs> That might have counteracted the weird schmeg that you usually have in your beers. And they made lemonade Sorry. jug. We'll find I can out. use this. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, this is getting worse and worse. <laughs> That's fine. You're doing great, Steve. Well, anyway, the the, the lovely Grog Tag folks give us a, a, a price to give out a forty dollars gift certificate. So we'll try to give that away to someone in the chat, unless you want to order some some tags for your beer, Steve. Yeah, well, it'll be called I'm Sorry. <laughs> it'll be up. You can customize it in a week or two. Hello, my name is I'm Sorry. That's right. That's right. It'll be Dear Brian and Lee. I'm sorry. So very sorry. That's exactly. 7% ABV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for nothing. But you can actually drive after drinking this because when you drink it, you'll just puke it back up. It'll be fine. Maybe, maybe that's the sad part because usually uh, if my bruise. You know, my beers, they turn out marginal. I at least drink them until I get a buzz. I don't think I've even <laughs> drank this one enough to get a buzz. What I used to tell people uh, at More Beer is, you know, you you have a, a beer that you're not super proud of, so you drink all the, the good stuff first. Drink all the good shit. You have some stouts, and then try my pale ale that is, yeah. you know, tastes like green apple, but yeah. you won't know. Get them drunk first. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You race yeah. your palate. Yeah, parties, you know, you, you get the good wine, then you pull out the two-buck chuck, and you pour it in the carafe, and you go, look, it's real nice. I guess again, maybe the label is punishment, because when you come over to my house, you got to drink some of this. <laughs> You're kicking you a lot of visitors? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know. <laughs> They've taped my, it off. <laughs> my, my poor brother. <laughs> oh, your brother. Yeah. Uh, like I met him, right? Oh, we've shared <laughs> a moment guy. or two. Hey, he loves, about it, your beer. turns out he loves crappy beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Uh done a great job That's of it, playing right? this down, Steve. Yeah, no expectations I'm now. Lower, I'm, try, I'm actively trying to lower yeah. expectations. Wait, 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 wait till we tell you we scored this like a 50-point beer. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, you guys want to talk to you after the show Steve's about gonna be like, uh, getting your recipe. Is that good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Out of 200. 50 is pretty good. That would so, be perfect. Yes. Pretty good. So relax a little bit. So we're going to talk about Steve's beer, and then we're going to do an, a commercial calibration, we have, which I don't think we've done in a few months. It's been a while, yeah. Something like it's been a that. while, it's uh, but it's not a, tr- uh, a calibration that we've done before, right? What are we doing? Well, it never is. This is going well, to be called true. the standard American Lager Smackdown. Smackdown. I wish I had like intense echo, yeah. music. Smackdown. Smackdown. <laughs> I like that. So what? What, what is it? What is the Smackdown? Are we going to wrestle the beers we've, out of each other's hands? We've decided to no. taste uh, Category One B beer, uh, mainly because JP just tasked me with picking up a commercial calibration yeah. beer at the last minute. It's up to you guys. And uh, I decided to, you know, to mess with him a little bit. And uh, I said, yeah, I'll pick up some Bud Light on the way. He said, well, 
Bud Light, are you really going to do that? I'm like, well. And then he said, how about maybe some, if you're going to go that direction, go get some Coors Banquet beer or something. Yeah. I'm like, well, why not get the big three? Bud, Miller, Coors. Nice. All the all the standard, the classic examples of Category 2B standard American lager. Well, Taste them blind and, JP, and see where the chips fall. Us. Yes, I am going to join them. I think these handsome guys will join us, too. I'm in. You guys, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I'll out. get the funnel and the hose, and we'll party. Uh, well, because and your yeah. point was that it's, it's getting warmer. We've got forties there, you know, whatever. So uh, in some yeah, parts of is, the country, yeah, yeah. We were going to do a, a blue moon, and we thought, well, you know, why not? Uh, get, for a get blue towards moon. summer. A lot of people lean towards these beers, and yeah. hey, they're refreshing. So why not? Well, that'll be good because you know Budweiser have released another commercial about their beer and, and how people really don't they don't know a Budweiser when they taste it. I don't know if you guys have seen this, yeah. but it's like a secret tasting in a Brooklyn bar, which well, I don't know why in Brooklyn. Why not? Uh, why not? I guess indie cred. It's cheaper to right. film, and um, free hipsters. Yeah, and it's yes, <laughs> and it's pretty much. Uh, but so is Berkeley. Um, it's pretty much people go in and they go, oh, what am I tasting? Well, you're tasting a, a, a hundred year old recipe aged in beechwood, and uh, it's very crisp and clean. And you know, just talk like using uh, craft beer, you know, lingo. And then they go, would you believe it's Budweiser? And these people freak. The, you know, freak yeah. the hell out. And, and my point was, I, I don't think people have even really tried a Budweiser. Like, who I don't remember the last time I had a, a traditional Budweiser, and most people under thirty probably haven't. We're about to correct that deficiency in you, Bev. Have you had a Budweiser? You probably have. I had a Bud Light Lime a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I know. Was it a Limerita? You were there. Was it? Uh, it was a Limerita. No, it was oh, just a Bud yeah, Light Lime. You bought it for her. Remember? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bought her an 18 pack for $4. I heard she had some Miller High Life back in college or something. That was kind of an experience she was going to tell us about. Oh, it was so gross. Yeah, yeah. That's a fun story. Okay, good. I was in Las Vegas. Yeah. And uh, doing what young people do in Las Vegas, I was slightly Carousing. intoxicated. Right. Just slightly. Um, and so my friends and I wandered around the strip and collected the nudie cards. Uh, you know the, like the the hooker cards, basically that they give out. I'm sorry, the, the escort service cards. Yeah. Okay. That. Anyway, we collected about three or four hundred of them, and then took them <laughs> back to our hotel, and turned those cards into a game, and then turned that game into a drinking game. And all Jesus. we had was high life. And mm. one of the cards, I just remember, like you you pulled so and so with the nipple piercing. You had to pound the high life. Okay. It resulted oh. in vomit. Right. Oh, yeah. okay. Most drinking stories with you do that, I feel. That's true, but... Or pregnancy. <laughs> also yeah. a true story. <laughs> or at the same time. Um, but, yes. Uh, so, let me Miller get this High Life is you quite disgusting. F- you flew to Las Vegas only to get holed up in your room playing drinking games. I was there for a wedding. I didn't go there cards. by choice. With hooker cards, yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't want to go to a club. You don't want to be clubbing? That would have been way more fun. <laughs> right. You didn't end up calling all the numbers that been and inviting them to crazy. the wedding? <laughs> that would have been great. No, I was there with my in-laws. You should have sent them all to the wedding. <laughs> and Mercedes? Yeah, look, check this out. <laughs> head over to this church. Uh, let's start And drink- pick up all the hooker cards when you head over here. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we still have them. It's it's a game oh, that sometimes awesome. makes uh, a reappearance at our house. <laughs> you have them laminated. It's like, okay. Wow. Ooh, you got Marie. Oh, wow. I think we should do that on the trip Everybody up to Everybody else Rosen. gets to drink two shots. I will dig them out of the game closet. Someone will bring cards against humanity. Bev will bring hooker drinking game. Like- Slam a hooker or whatever it's called. <laughs> no, memory. Hooker roulette. <laughs> it's memory. Okay, where is <laughs> memory? Oh. Or go fish. You know, do you have that the... That was exactly what it was. We yeah. t- it was, Dude, it was see, I've played this fish. before. 
Cool. We could be friends. In Vegas? With Miller High Life? <laughs> Todd, is that Todd? Actually, Wait, do you still play this with Miller High Life? I was there, but we both don't remember. Great, yeah. Right. Nice. There was a lot of High Life going on. Wait, is that a nipple piercing under your shirt there? <laughs> this didn't have anything to do with that was the pregnancy, ultimate did it? losing. No. Yes. No, that was in a different state. Uh, okay. Yes, that was in a, a very different state. Hawaii. Oh. Much more pleasant than Las Vegas. <laughs> but uh, also just as drunk. Yeah, equal amount of nipple piercings, I feel. Anyway, let's uh, start drinking Steve's beer. Okay. Or should we take a break first? What's, um, yeah, what do we do? We thanked our sponsors. We talked about hookers. We're going to take a break break. real fast. That was sweaty work. So we can pour pour Steve's beer, and then we come back. uh, We're going to talk about Steve's beer. You excited about this, buddy? Uh, As long as you guys can help me. (laughs) That's what we're all about. I need some help. I need some advice. Yeah, for sure. Ask Dr. Homebrew. That's our. Right. That's that's what we're here. That's right. Anyway, JP will answer. That's right. I'll answer for you. Don't worry about it. Uh, it's Dr. Homebrew, everyone. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. High Gravity Homebrewing Supplies wants you to keep it simple. Brewing should be fun. And with High Gravity's amazing electric brewing systems, it is. High Gravity keeps their brewing systems simple, on purpose. More efficient than gas, customizable, and with your choice of one, two, or three vessels, High Gravity's electric brewing systems will completely change the way you brew beer, formulate recipes, and improve your beer's consistency. Dave at High Gravity can customize your system to fit your needs. High Gravity invites you to visit their Build Your Own Brewery page and see how easy it can be to brew electric. And High Gravity offers $7.99 flat rate shipping on most of their products. www.highgravitybrew.com High Gravity. Keep it electric. Keep it simple. 
Visit HighGravityBrew.com. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymergy Magazine and e Zymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Examination. All right, welcome back, everyone. We're pouring Steve's beer, and we're trying we to it. we're there. trying to get him out of a corner. He's like, uh, we're taking his belt and we're taking his shoelaces. <laughs> He's yeah. gonna end this thing. Man. Come back, Steve. <laughs> get his car key, somebody. Uh, he's in a K hole. Like I said, I, I, it's actually not as bad as I remember it. So <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah, as I remember. Time it. heals all wounds. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and all contamination. Uh, all right, Lee. Why don't you kick it? Well, actually, first, Steve, how long have you been homebrewing? Uh, well, that's a good question. I mean, I, I brewed a few batches over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. but but really since October of last year, heavily. Okay, okay. And you just kind of got the bug again. You realized, I uh, well, usually, or what happened? usually when I've brewed before, it's been with, with Todd, you know, just like buddy brewing where, uh, you know, maybe I'd bring my kit with me and brew, but really Todd would be helping me, telling me what to do. Yeah. Stuff like that. So Pushing you around. It wasn't until October of this year I said, you know what? I I mean, I love brew. I love drinking brew. I've been going to the NHC. Love the labels. So, and yeah. I I really enjoy, it turns out I really, really enjoy brewing. I really do like doing it. Yeah. I've got a long ways to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. And uh, we are drinking a pale ale that you have made. When did you make this? Uh, let's see. So, I brewed it. In late December, no, early. De- sorry, early December. I don't have my shit. I think I think I, I think it went into primary on uh, like December fifteenth or something like that. Okay. And then it and then I took it out mid January. Extract all grain. Extract brewing. Okay. Extract brewing. Stove top. That kind of thing. Uh, well, I've got a whatever ten gallon kettle. I do five gallon batches in my backyard with a. Uh, just a burner. Typ- a typ- burner. Typical okay. turkey turkey fryer turkey nonsense. fryer system. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Lee, let's do it. All right. <clears throat> Get the pipes cleared. Some beer lodged in there. So, aroma. Medium high caramel malt. Medium low piney hop notes. Uh, hop lower than the malt. Kind of a medium to uh, maybe slightly higher in the second bottle. Red berry kind of ester. Um, not Wasn't picking up 
Any DMS diacetyl in the nose originally? Maybe getting some diacetyl now that it's warming up a bit. Um, the Roma came across very much like an amber ale, very caramel forward as opposed to a balance of malt and hop or, or hop forward. So it's, to me, this really seems more like an amber ale. And that is sort of repeated in the color. It's a pretty dark brown. Well, not dark brown. It's a pretty dark amber beer, sort of a red, a copper brown color. Has some haze to it. Not bad, but it's, it's not 100% clear. Um, head is off-white, mostly fine bubbles, but fades almost immediately to a low bead. Uh, so there's no head on it pretty quickly after pouring. Um, again, the color is much more reminiscent of an amber, I would say, an American amber ale. It's pretty dark. This is, this is really be pushing it for a pale ale. Um, flavor, medium piney hop flavor, slightly higher intensity than a caramel malt flavor that, that comes across next. Um, again, a fairly good amount of these red berry, red fruit kind of esters. Has a sweet start, leaves a sweet, slightly sweet finish behind it with growing piney citrusy hop flavor as it, as it fades on the palate. Um, again, much more an amber ale in style. It's got more caramel. Well, it's more hop in the flavor, but it's very caramel forward. That's that's really the, the main malt character here, and it's coming across like an amber ale again. Um, I did pick up a little bit maybe of some alcohol heat and a little, little hotness in this beer on the flavor. Not so much the first time when we were judging it earlier, but when we poured it now, um, it's coming across that way, a little warm, very fruit forward as well. Uh, medium high body and carbonation, medium creaminess, slight alcoholic heat, as I said. It's not astringent at all. A little bit drying, maybe from hops. Um, not really sure, but it's uh, it's a bit rich in the body and the mouthfeel for a pale ale. Again, it's more like a, a caramely amber ale, which basically is my conclusion on this beer. It's a very caramel forward version of an American pale ale. Um, I would say really this would be this should be classified as an American amber ale. It's got a lot of caramel malt character to it more than the hops. Um, the hops is it comes through more in the flavor and it's a good balance, but it's still I think more in the you do if you wanted to enter a competition, you do better off with putting this in as an amber ale. Well, it's, sorry, it's the second it's the second pale ale I brewed, and that's why I had JP taste it earlier. Mm-hmm. That's had that amber ale taste to it. So I'm like, what am I doing? Because I'm following, I'm basically doing clone brews. Mm-hmm. So I'm, something is happening, and right, I did well, because. It's a similar flavor, and I'm like, okay, it'd be one thing if I if it just came out that way, but I've repeated it twice. <laughs> Are they? Uh, so whatever not, I'm doing. You're not building the recipe. You're you're getting a, like a kit or the only thing I'm doing differently is I tend to I like uh, later hop additions in in the beers. Yeah. So I've been pushing the times back, but that's about it. But there, but there, you didn't. Is it your recipe? Is what I'm saying? Or do no, you no, get no. It? I'm okay. getting a kit. I'm following the recipe. Okay. Uh, I might. I mean, I can't. Ex- I, I don't have a sheet with me. I, on this one, I'm sure that I probably just pushed some of the some of the later additions back even further, but okay. that's probably about it. Okay. Back towards the end of the boil. Yeah. Right. So if you want to make this more like a pale ale, there's two things I would say you could do. Um, one is a matter of balance, and it might and address what you just said. So if you're going to push the the hop additions to later in the boil, make sure you're adding enough to keep the bittering up. So it's a bitter malt balance okay. you have to strike. Mm-hmm. And this is this is a little on the sweet side for American Pale. The other is throttle back the amount of crystal malt that's going in there. Because it tastes very caramely. Like there's a lot of – I don't know how much crystal malt you put in here. Do you remember? I don't. Yeah. I thought you had your recipe with you. I don't give know it where to it is. I thought I yeah. gave no. it to you. No. You have it, JP? No, I don't have it. Oh, I think I have it right here. Wait, oh. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. Uh, well, it's the, on that fingernail, the, huh? The, uh, <laughs> I, I believe that this is actually uh, – uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale clone. Mm-hmm. So 
It would taste. Well, it would, it tastes like it, like it's trying okay. to be. Because I, I think she ways, had added yeah. a little caramely, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is a little on the caramely side, yeah. at least by modern standards. Um, but this is probably past that. So um, I would throttle back the crystal, the crystal malt additions okay. here, just to, just to bring it more sort of into the pale ale kind of territory. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, um, I thought it was a little warm in the ferment. Um, so you might try either reducing your fermentation temperature, your pitch temperature. Or making sure you've got a nice, healthy, active yeast culture going when you pitch it. So on this... Uh, I'm actually kind of jumping on Brian's time here. We should let oh, him go, sorry. too. No. Uh, go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I was, uh, on this on this particular one, so I have a controlled temperature fermentation. It's set to 62 or 63, right? Uh, it is in my garage, but it's in a box freezer. So I'm getting fairly good <laughs> fermentation temperatures. Uh, fairly low fermentation temps, but on this one I actually pitched because I had talked to JP. I pitched two vials of yeast uh, and didn't do a starter mm. into five gallons. Yeah, okay, and it took off okay. Or oh yeah, yeah. I've, I actually have never had a tr- trouble starting. Mm. Yeah. But do you know how high the temperature went? I don't. I don't have an internal. I don't have an internal temp right. nor an external <laughs> sticker. So. You just leave it set at that 62, and yeah. whatever it heats up to is what it heats up yeah. to. Yeah. Did well, you oxygenate the beer when you started? I did. There was uh, one time, and I don't remember, that uh, <laughs> the oxygen ran out partway through. So that might have been this one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that for a pale ale, you, you could probably just shake air into it, and you'd be fine. Okay. You don't need that much. Uh, but you don't definitely don't want cooled wort right out of the boiling kettle. Um, that'll be pretty oxygen, pretty low oxygen. Uh, yeast nutrients. That's this is an all malt. This should be pretty pretty good on that front. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, healthy yeast, active culture, not too warm. Keep the oxygen up. Make sure you got plenty of nutrients. Make sure you got the right strain of yeast. I would bet you use 001 if you're doing a CRR clone. Yeah, yeah. so that should be pretty appropriate. Okay. Yeah, those are the obvious things for for the, the ferment. And I uh, most of the times I have been adding yeast nutrient, but. Uh, I have not been terribly consistent with that. Right. Well, if you missed it, that I'm might have hurt it a bit. I'm, I never do it. I mean, and, and you you're know, the one that, that told me to do it. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, <laughs> I give better advice than I follow. Um, you told me you, you do it every time. Beer. I would never say that. I would never <laughs> yeah, be so bold. You absolutely did. Well, <laughs> maybe I used to. Um, without saying where you got it from, because it doesn't matter. But I mean, could could it be just a recipe issue? I mean, if, he, if if this guy's if he's making the same kit over and over and over again, and he gets the same flavors and he doesn't like, well, that's I mean, actually know. one thing I haven't been doing, okay. which you've advised me to do, is to stick to one kit till I get it fine. See, so you don't I, even follow my advice. I'm, well, but uh, you know, I did the nutrients. What do you want? <laughs> I, I'm a, so I'm a graphic designer. The same thing over and over. I need a little randomness. So I've been sticking to the IPAs and stuff, but I, I tend to wander around in that area. Yeah. So and what then, is what well, Brian? What did you have to add here? Well, I, I I agree with a lot of what Lee said there. It it does have a uh, in the aroma kind of medium uh, high piney and citrusy. You know, a little bit of grapefruit and kind of hop character up front, supported by a medium high uh, caramel and a little toast in there. Um, you know, the uh, it does have pretty high fruity esters, as Lee noted. Um, I wasn't sure about diacetyl. At first, I didn't think I got any. And in the second sample, and in, as the first one sat a little bit longer, I thought I got a little light kind of butterscotchy note, like with that caramel kind of combining with maybe a little bit of, of diacetyl in there. But it's very faint. Like, yeah. just with everything else that's going on here, it's kind of a, a sub-element. 
Um, Appearance-wise, it was fairly clear, medium-coppered color beer with, with a low off-white head that faded to a little collar ringing the glass, um, pretty fine bubbles. Uh, but yeah, faded pretty quick. Uh, flavor-wise, big and bold hop character. I, I thought it was a little too high on the hop character, but then also you know with the malt that was there, it's there's just a lot going on, and it is very kind of amber ale like. Um, the, the hop choices were kind of gnarly and funky. I thought it had a little bit of a little kind of ammonia like and grapefruit and tropical kind of characters to it. It wasn't just the straight citrusy that you get in that you know from a lot of Cascade hops in the Sierra Nevada. Maybe that's all you know that you used, but uh, you got a lot out of that hop that you, you did use, and and or maybe it was fresh and had a little. Uh, crop variation or something that just made it stand out a little bit different way than um, than some of those classic hops tend to do, but it had kind of a more modern presentation. Um, the fermentation seemed fairly clean, and, and uh, yeah, it did. I did get a bit of a kind of a vinous character and a touch of obvious alcohol, but not really hot. Um, but yeah, the hops kind of lingered in the aftertaste with the caramelly malt, and it, it finishes. It's got a f- kind of an odd finish because it finishes kind of sweet with the malts, but it's also kind of dry uh, in the in the late palate, uh, the way it dries off your tongue. So it's kind of a little contradictory there, but like I think that could be just the malts playing off the, the, the dryness of it. I don't know what it finished at, but, um, you know, 10-10-ish or 10-12, I don't know, or 10, 10-08. I don't know Do you know where, if you know where it finished, but yeah. I, uh, well, I would have had my sheet, but. Yeah, Okay. That would be helpful. It wasn't typical. No, it was yeah. in, I, I, I'm exactly like that, too. Yeah, I'll where are they? He gave them to you. I, I no, he didn't. I swear to God, you didn't. I They're sitting on the you. bar. Are they right yeah, there on the, on the thing? <laughs> Go grab them. Are they out there? Go grab them. Maybe. <laughs> I think we gave them to you, man. I know you do. No, okay. I think I... Uh, <laughs> well, I do the you? same thing. I just like... I brew a beer, and then I like... if I, I write down my notes, and then I just forget everything. It's like, what did you put in that beer? It's well, like, I well, should be a little more prepared for this, you'd think. Let me right? consult my notes. Uh, yeah. What, what do you think the starting gravity on this beer was? Ah, uh, man. Was it was it much higher than 1050? I mean, we're, no, 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 no. I, I'm way. actually... I've actually been been hitting, like, the normal, like, on the kit. You know, they, they tell you what mm-hmm. you're supposed to be hitting. I've been been within, you know... A point right. or two of that. Okay, great. So, it's, yeah, so it I, hasn't. No, there hasn't been anything odd happening in in terms of uh, the the the, gr- the gravities. I haven't had to add water. You know what I mean. I haven't had to adjust at all in order to right. hit okay. the range. I, I mean, the alcohol. It's it's not that big a deal. It's there, but it's it's pretty minor thing. The the ester is a little high, but that's not a it's the, not a huge thing. I have a question for you guys. That so you guys talk about the caramel flavor. The caramel is the big thing here. Okay, and then you and then you talk about the diacetyl. That's not the same thing, huh? No, no. Caramel is a malt flavor, and diacetyl is a byproduct of the fermentation. And usually it starts out if you um, ferment, um, you start fermenting, it's created early on in the fermentation. And then what you want to do is generally kind of gradually raise up your fermentation temp uh, or let it, uh, let it, well, let it stay, stay steady instead of falling off. So, if you have your beer in a fermentation chamber that's just set at 62 and it doesn't, if it's, um, you know, just measuring the ambient air temperature, I found that the early fermentation, you know, the, the actual inside temperature of your ferment is going to go up to, you know, 68, 70. And then as it, as it slows down and that, uh, exothermic reaction stops going so strongly then the beer cools down that's the first time i've heard it described like that yeah like so i've 
So you want to keep the temperatures in the beer, inside the beer, steady. And you can use a thermowell to get there with a with a probe that goes down in there, controlling your temperature. Or you can just do like I do and, and kind of fiddle with the knobs and watch it. You know, keep a, <laughs> a strip with the temperature reading on your on your fermenter. And it's like, oh, it's slowing down. I'm going to turn it up two degrees today. And then the next day, another degree. And, and just keep it balancing so that it's kind of staying steady and maybe rising up slightly at the end to kind of okay. clean up that, that diacetyl that's in there. So that's one thing that you can do, but because um, yeah. to me, when I this uh, this it, uh, let's see the caramel or diacetyl to me, they're very, they seem very similar when I taste when I've yeah. been told to taste them. Well, they play off each other as kind of a butterscotchy flavor in this beer because okay. the, the malt is playing off of that buttery flavor. Well, it also you, could be like a kettle caramelization flavor. And I'm wondering ask, how hard you drive your boil. To me, it, it tastes like there's a little bit well, of well, Bernie. I had okay, yeah, I had somebody tell me, and I won't. Who told me <laughs> to solve this as I need today? To quote Steve, you need to achieve a vigorous boil. I JP, would, I would say make sure you, you have a that? rolling boil. Rolling well, boil. Maybe I got the quote wrong. Maybe. So I have. Uh, well, here's the boiled the crap out of these beers. Well, here's here's the thing, and, <laughs> and I think what Brian's driving at because I, I can get kind of like a like a like scorching thing. Yeah. Do you turn the heat off when you add your extract? Uh, yeah, I have made that mistake in the past. I don't think this is... I, I didn't on this okay. one. I do, yes. And then before, before you I get turn it, it all back mixed on, you, in, you make fire, sure yeah, you yeah, scrape yeah. the bottom yeah. and all that kind of shit. Okay, yeah. well, then you're doing it great. Yeah, yeah. But if you do drive it really hard, you know, uh, it, it can have that kind of, like the, the Scottish ales that are boiled for a long time, they get that kind of uh, butterscotchy kind of flavor from just the kettle caramelization, and you can mistake that for diacetyl. So, and it could just be that that's giving that impression. They both and it will also feel. darken the beer. And uh, so, yeah. what you're telling so what you're telling me is about three batches ago, I asked JP about a problem. He told me boil it more. Yeah, and now my uh, beers first are coming. Of all, I would never now my use that example <laughs> as, a, as a reason. Like as I a, wasn't as there, a, Steve. I can't. Now get my beers are too dark. Which I said, I said these are supposed to be lighter. My beers are too dark, and I'm getting the same flavor over and over again. So, so how yeah. hard are you boiling these now? <laughs> well, I, I don't. Well, I bought. Okay, so uh, here it is. The truth will come out. <laughs> so uh i did buy so be, prior to this i was using an actual turkey uh fryer or burner right yeah. so i don't remember what that was what is that sixty thousand btus or something sure. like that sure so then uh, i went over to todd's house and he's got this crazy burner that does like whatever With all the angle things coming out yeah. btus you know burn your well, face it's off also a large uh, I know I know but like, so I bought a I bought sort of the intermediate one I can't remember yeah. exactly but it's 160 yeah. BTUs so my okay. my boil is Heavy much duty. more vigorous well and, <laughs> so, and it should be I mean it should be a, like a rolling yeah. boil it shouldn't like, just be like but I'm but boil, I, like you're but not spaghetti to, or something not supposed to be a Viagra commercial well, right. I, no 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 it's not like coming out of the kettle <laughs> or anything I, like I'm, I, right. but, but it's interesting because all the things you just described that happened about the time I got the new burner. So, and hey. if you've ever listened okay. to this show before, you know that we often repeat: never, ever listen to what JP tells you. <laughs> right? <laughs> never. I say just give up and just no. buy beer. What, what's your? What's your <laughs> That's what I've been doing. Yeah. Just, hey, just accept your punishment. Good drinks. How did I do? How did I do brewing this beer? Oh, what is it? It's a stone pale ale. Love it. It's great. You did great. Perfect. Hundred percent. Fifty out of fifty. All right, but I think I just got my money's worth here. Actually, what about the kettle you're I, using? Seriously. Is the, the kettle a real thick triclad bottom, or do you have a, a lighter bottom kettle? Or uh, I 
I don't remember Todd was. You know what? I was a real. No, he's got a good. It's a good. Yeah, he's got a triclad. You do want to have a good solid triclad bottom, and that'll help evenly disperse the heat. But if you're just if you're driving it too hard, you know, I like to drive my balls harder too, and and you know, you got to kind of balance it out because you'll you'll lose a lot to. Um, evaporation, you have to start with a really high volume too, and, and you do get a little more color. If you're trying to brew something lighter, it's hard to achieve the right color. So, you know, I, I like to drive the boil a little harder, but for certain beers, uh, like the lighter ones, like, like this, you're not going to want to drive it that hard. And it's well, going to, you're basically caramelizing the sugars inside the kettle. And yeah, it's, it's a chemical reaction. It's just naturally going to happen when you, when you push the heat up that high. Well, I commented to Todd a little while ago. I said, man, these beers are turning out really dark. So. Yep. Yeah. There it is. Try the same recipe, yep. or you know, and and just just yeah, make, make sure the boil is turning over and get it. You know, don't have a little wimpy little blip 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 blip. You guys, yeah. you guys weren't even you weren't that mean, and you're actually helpful. So there yeah, you I go. Gave this a, is a good I, show. I gave the beer a thirty. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that bad. I, I gave thought it a it's, it's a pleasant drinking. It seemed a little strong to me, but for you know, kind of IPA like hops in with this reddish malty. Did, did you just did you say I I gave it a thirty as if it was like a good score? Yeah. It is technically. If this you look at the, ba- this, is not a bad beer. If you look at the sheet, oh, really? thirty is in very good character. Actually, thirty is the low end of very good. Very really? Good yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. smokes. I'm renewed. No, you, guys have, <laughs> you guys have given me if, hope. If you had walked in and said this is an amber ale, I would have scored this several points higher. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't really like caramel. amber ales, yeah. so that would have depressed me. <laughs> yeah. Which is why it, you don't like drinking yeah. his beer. But that's what it came across as. Steve, every beer yeah. you brew is an awesome amber ale. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Even the stouts. My yeah. least Cold favorite. Cold is the stouts. Yeah. No, it just needs a little improvement here and there. And it sounds like you're doing a lot of things right. Keeping the, the ferment, you know, do do play with that, uh, you know, the fermentation uh, temperature profile and, and uh, get, a, get a brew bug maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, man. Mm. Why not? Mm. <laughs> No, Are they a sponsor? No. Uh, Have you used one of those? Yeah. They're pretty cool. I like it. I, I used it a couple times in, in a couple batches. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was great. I could sit on my fat ass and watch. Uh, basically, that combined with the Pico Brew, I never have to get off the couch to look at my beer or do anything with it. You don't even have to drink it. <laughs> I don't. Does anybody have a, a weird question? Does anybody have a, a product that's like uh, uh, the beer bug or whatever you guys are talking about that actually feeds into the temperature control in the refrigerator? Someone like an automatic controller. Someone I will that will remain nameless is working on something like that for the near future that will be out in the things in the world. Yeah. Yeah. But in the It'll meantime, you can, you can buy a one or two channel temperature controller, you know, from a lot of different places, and you can if you get a thermal well and put the probe inside that, it'll be right in the beer, and it will measure that, and you can use that to control the temperature. Yeah, I've got mm-hmm. a. Sorry, can we mention brand names? Or of course, I've got yeah, a Johnson's Johnson yeah. controller for the so. control. Your beer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, that'll work. Awesome. Yeah. Any yeah. other questions for the guys? Anything? No, I think so. that's great advice. That's cool. cool. I actually, I really, I was nervous, and now I'm like, oh, I'm. I haven't brewed in a while because I've just been busy, and I've been the beer hasn't been turning out. Because yeah. now I'm excited to go back. That's enjoyable beer. It's pretty clean. It's just, yeah, it wasn't what I expected. I'm like, oh, this is a pale ale. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you taste it. It tastes pretty good. There's only minor things. I thought, you know, maybe there's a tiny little bit of a, a green apple thing in too, a little acetaldehyde, but um, it came out later. But yeah, it's not, I don't know. It's not, not funky or, or off or anything. It's just like the hop character was nice. 
the malt it's, it's a good. I mean, it, I mean, it's it's. If you drank this and you would go, you would think, yeah, a, a beginner home brewer made this. You try this here. Try this home brew, and it's like, yeah. Don't mention style. Just just like, oh, you know. As soon as you mention American Pale Ale, there's all these preconceived notions. Just it's home brew. Here, drink this. And right. Your brother likes it, right? <laughs> no, he doesn't like. Oh, okay. <laughs> But he drinks it. He he's drinks your brother. it. But he drinks family it he's right my there, brother. man. It's yeah. free, uh, which makes it taste really good. I actually <laughs> blocked oh, the yeah. door, and I'm like, "You got to drink the beer, dude." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you did fine, Steve. Thanks. Hopefully, this uh, this shines some light. Shoned, shoned, shoned it. It, 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 some light. it shone. Yeah. A, it shone a bright light on not listening to JP. <laughs> shined upon. Yeah. You shine on JP. That's right. Please do. Yes. Uh, okay. Let's take a break. Should we take another break and then do this triangle test or we're not let's triangle test? Let's take another break. Sure. Why break. not? We only have two, so why not? Let's oh. do it. All well, right. We could take it later. We're, eh, whatever. We'll take it now. I already mentioned it. I already teased it. Uh, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna do the uh, ABC Bud Miller Coors. Uh, what is it called again, Brian? ABC. It's uh, this is the standard American lager smackdown. <laughs> Doctor Home, everyone, back after this. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs, and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today that's it i've had it i am never putting hops in my beer again what why it's just too ridiculous insane prices stupid contracts high shipping costs crappy selection dude you need nico brew nico brew will rock your f-ing face right the f- off your f-ing skull five dollars shipping to all 50 states plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on nico brew's great selection of hops and more whether you're a home brewer a pro brewer or a home brew shop owner nico brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small single orders spot buys or full contracts and there's only one place to join the uber special secret elite bare bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere holy shit nicobrew.com n-i-k-o-b-r-e-w nicobrew your bare bones buddy in the brewing business admit it Homebrewing is not always free of frustrations. Years ago, brothers Bill and Jim Mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand new kitchen appliance, the Pico Brew Zymatic. The Zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the internet via Wi-Fi. It comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button, improve repeatability, and refine your recipes 
Series with the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients and the process of home brewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At Pico Brew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of home brewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit Visit the store in Dublin, California, and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at HopTech.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, welcome back, everyone. I just want to point out that after all of the... uh, Oh, don't listen to JP. He doesn't know what he's talking about. All the the hate, the racial hate. Uh, where was your um, your recipe, Steve? JP, can you get some more Miller Lite in your back pocket? <laughs> in my hey, that is not true. So in, Steve, in my back pocket. Yeah, well, that's where I told you it was. Yeah, that's true. Oh, um, so real quick, run through your recipe if you wouldn't mind, please. You're okay, Todd, Todd is going to read that? this for me. Steve forgot right. his glasses, so I'm going to help. Yeah. Okay. So this is a pale ale. Steering have had a clone actually. So 81 percent is a uh, light malt extract. 6.3 percent, 60 L crystal. 6.3 percent. 120 crystal, 6.3% carapils. Yeah, malt. I think that, that crystal, all that crystal is <laughs> telling us where this beer came from. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, what's driving this caramel. It's an amber recipe. It's, it's a lot of crystal, and it's the 120 is really dark crystal. Yeah, yeah. super dark. Yeah. So yeah. You, if you want to make this more like Sierra, I think our conclusion when we were talking yeah. to the break was just ditch the 120. So do you think, do you think I'm overboiling? Given that given that, possible. Yeah. The, the gravity came bit. in kind of high. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, do you have any idea how much volume you boiled away? Uh, let's see. I start with uh, – I'm trying to remember. I think I have a seven-gallon kettle, right? And it's. I think I start with six gallons, work hard to make sure I don't get an overboil. And sometimes I end up with five. Usually it's four and a half. That's not too bad. Four and that's a half. not bad. Uh, yeah. I mean, boil, it's, that's average. a fair amount, but yeah. That that might bring it up past a bit, but yeah. Yeah, but usually if it's five, you're starting with about six – uh, yeah. the, the 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 key in in replicating your own things is knowing exactly. So like I know on my system. No, I'm being serious. <laughs> I know. Like on my system, I know I start with twelve and a half gallons of water and I end with ten and a half in the kettle. But, and and then that's just how you're you're able to. So on your next batch, you make sure that all that kind of stuff is accurate, and then you can start tracing where you're going wrong. And I know you know that, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Also with an ex- <laughs> Do I? Uh, I don't know with an extract beer the. 
intensity of the boil is not as critical. Um, you know, there's not going to be as much of the DMS precursor in that malt. I mean, if, as opposed to if you're making a German Pilsner and you've got, you know, almost 100% Pils malt in there and it's just, you know, got so much DMS precursor that it's going to uh, be a big problem if you don't boil it for 90 minutes fairly heavily. So, you know, yeah, it's, uh, you know, with extract, it's art, a lot of that work's already kind of been done for you and, and you can have to boil it and you know basically sterilize the wort but uh you know it's not as much for the uh driving out the dms precursor fine point i guess but got that helpful yeah huh? yep i'm so if you do this again good. then you know do it without that 120 and you'll be fine yeah, yeah so try don't go recipe. in and go hey give me this <clears throat> recipe but yeah. write it all down and then you know leave leave that and also if you use extract it's kind of darker also it's like a six srm yeah, which is no. Which yeah, is, even the beers that have turned out good, uh, uh, the color has been too dark for me. It's, it's going to be because I mean, they just in the extract extraction process when they pull out all the water, right? It's like eighty percent water loss. It, it darkens the malt a little. You said, yeah, they're heating yeah. it for hours to do that. So yeah. you mentioned that that beer also finished at like ten fifteen. I found you know when I when I did extract for about the first six months of my brewing. I found that I was like getting finishing numbers, like you know, with a pale ale finishing at ten fifteen, ten eighteen, being a little too sweet, mm-hmm. and and then I when I switched to all grain and just did the regular kind of you know mash temperatures that you're supposed to do for certain certain recipes, I got more predictable finishing gravities and they were lower. Like for some reason, with me at least, extract gave me higher finishing gravities. Yeah, and there's a pattern with with that. I that noticed. happens. So, it's probably yeah. the same. There's same more unfermentable sugar. stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You could always add like half a percent or something, just some table sugar to that to try and cut the final gravity down a bit if it bothers you. But get rid of the crystal malt that one twenty. Or you could do a uh, yeah. do a big mini mash with like three or four pounds of grain in your water, and and then. Um, uh, you know, let it sit at 145 for uh, <laughs> for 30 minutes to kind of you know put less uh, more fermentable stuff in there to kind of counteract that. If you like, sure. um, you know, continuing to brew extract, and that's not that hard to put a big bag of grain in there and, and then use a little less extract and kind of balance that out. And it, it tastes you know maybe a little more like an all grain beer then too. If you don't want to go all the way all grain, that's kind of a good approach to do. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. Just well, thanks for. I'm glad you found that. Thanks so, for sharing it, yeah. Um, again, what are we doing? The, the What is it again? Standard American Lager Smackdown! <laughs> Jesus, I thought there was an earthquake going on. <laughs> we almost lost all of our beer. That's so, our sound effect. Yeah. We, we have three beers in front of us, A, B, and C. A, and B, we're, and C. And one is Bud, like standard Bud, one is standard Miller, and one is standard Coors, right? That's correct. And we're supposed Budweiser, to pick Miller, out which Miller one is which. I don't know that we need. Well, we will try, but that's not necessarily the goal of this. Bev, are you playing along with us? Are you playing at home? Definitely not. Okay, but I do know the answers. Weird. (laughs) I I went to Chico State, so I'm going to be a little sad Mm. if I can't find the Coors. She was kind (laughs) enough to to pour these and label them for us. So it's like a million years. We're tasting them blindly. Yeah. They're nice and room temperature for you guys. Oh, that makes them so. They really are. (laughs) He brought them out like 20 minutes ago. I'm like, what is she doing? Yeah. Um, I didn't bring them out at all. They were handed to me, and asked, and I was asked to pour them. I'm just and then following you, and instructions. And then you brought them out. <laughs> right. I wasn't that lying. That was the second round. Take it outside, the one right kids. Now. Yeah. Right. The first round was cold that the actual judges got. The judges. Uh, <laughs> perfect. I'll take it. We're judges. I love you, Bev. Better a judge than a hater. A lot of judgment <laughs> happening right now. What are you watching in there on Netflix? I'm not watching anything. Doc Martin or Broadchurch or what? Are you, no, I'm not no? watching anything. All right. 
Okay, so what are we doing? I'd have earbuds in if I was. We're tasting <laughs> standard American lagers. Oh, the big, the big three. I don't know that I've had a Budweiser in like fifteen years. And you still don't know which one? Can you tell us which one it is? I don't know. I don't think I can. I mean, hopefully by process of elimination. Right. I've had so, Bud so, Light because we like to dose it and abuse it for our beer judging one one class yeah. that we do. That's a lot of fun. So, so other than figuring out which is which, what are we? What, what are we trying to do here, Brian? Well, we're trying to give it a general overview of the standard American lager style, A, so people know what to expect for that style and what makes a classic example of that. Are these, these all three classic these examples? These are all three classic examples in okay. the, the BJCP style guidelines. It's category 2B. And, or, I'm sorry, 1B. 1B. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. They're actually 1B. all three pretty different. And pretty similar. Yes. And pretty similar, but their similarities are... Are different. Different. Right. Right. There's some contrast going on here, yeah. Actually, to me, B and C kind of taste the same. A, whatever that is, is a little more creamier. Uh, and I don't know if it's you know a variant on where the, you know how old the bottle is or whatever, but it's uh, they're they're all approximately the same age. They're all you know not not expired. They were bought and, this you know, afternoon. Check the yeah. born on dates. It's, I'm sure they were they were brewed 20 minutes ago. Um, yeah. So what what are we supposed to be tasting? What are, what are, what's the common thread? It, it, it would be malt character. It's a, right? it's a light, grainy, crisp, and refreshing beer. Um, you know, good for drinking in the summer on a hot day. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of hops. Doesn't have a lot of aroma at all. Uh, some of them have a little kind of a green appley DMS aroma in them, which can come from the beechwood aging that's used in certain ones that drops the yeast out a little prematurely. Um, some of them can have a little DMS, kind of corn-like. All of these beers use about 30% adjuncts in them. So they're using a base malt. And in, in addition to that, uh, and it kind of developed as, you know, as an American thing. We have, well, we have corn around us. We have, you know, rice and, and things around us. We can, we can cheaper. We can make this beer and we can make it more cheaply. And we can supplement what we have. And, and it also dries out the finish of the beer. So it's... You drink it and it just floats off your tongue and it's gone and it's and it's light and it's refreshing and it's crisp. And, and that's the point. That's the point that's of the beer. Kind yeah. of the point. It's cheap. It's refreshing and it doesn't last. Right. It's not a ch- super challenging beer. It's just. It's beer. not beer to fuss over. But or it should to dissect. See now, Bev is slamming a twenty-four ounce tall boy. Of course, just pounding it. <laughs> Popped a hole in it and killed it. Thought, it. Thought, <laughs> Thought I'd try it. Yeah. Sadly, the mountains are not blue. Shit. Oh, no. That sucks. They look blue to me, but you're cold. What? Okay, go ahead. The other thing about these beers is, uh, <laughs> well, they're very light in color, but... Uh, <laughs> okay. You guys are bet. distracting. Yeah, yeah, sorry. It's all your fighting. Um, uh, where was I going with this? I don't, know. I don't know. Lee, say something about standard American lagers, please. Well, <clears throat> I don't drink them very often. Um, yeah, light crisp, not a lot of hop flavor aroma. Um, pretty subtle with that. The, they're a little bit in the sweet side usually. Just yeah. basic pills malt, not a lot of it. Uh, it is a lager, so it should be pretty free of most fermentation character. Although, as Brian said, you might pick up a little acetaldehyde. And some of these will have a little bit of fruitiness to them. Should be a really light body, yeah. crisp. Yeah. Uh, fairly high car- moderate to high carbonation, sometimes a little bit stinging in the carbonation, although, as JP pointed out, these have been sitting here for a while, so they're not that high carbonated anymore. They're definitely a lot more warm They've than got a little bit flat. the manufacturer but wants now you, you can to drink really, them. Now you can really <laughs> taste what's in them, right or wrong. Yeah. Um, 
and they should finish very cleanly. You know, there's not, not a lot of lingering flavor here. It's not going to leave your mouth coated with roast malt or, or pungent hops or anything right. like that. You know, it's just it, it's supposed to go away when you're done drinking it. I think th- this is, you know, by, um, I don't know, by accident, turning into a um, what to expect from drinking a Bud Miller or Coors. Uh, right. We haven't actually talked a lot about what we've found in these beers. Right. Well, I think because a lot of, you know, uh, people who are drinking homebrew and craft beer, that you know, they're, they're, they, you kind of expect these flavors by default, but these, they're, they're not there. They're, they don't exist. The, the citrusy, piney, you know, BS that we mm-hmm. that we drink in IPAs and stuff like that. It's just, it's not there. It's and that's not the, here. And then that's yeah. the point. I think a lot of people focus on that as a flaw. These beers don't have that, and right. therefore they are inferior. But this is the style, and I think that's why we pick these beers. Or at least Brian picked these beers because they are literal classic examples of, of the these style. styles. Yeah. yeah, and they're not about intense flavors. I mean, and actually, there is a home brewer. If you've ever tried to make one, it's really hard to make a good it's one tough. because it, this is the classic nowhere to hide scenario. You can't make a flaw and not have it be glaring here. Right. You pretty much have to do it perfectly. You have and to know what you're doing. You have to know what you're doing. You have to get it right. I mean, I and it does happen. Actually, I had one of the highest scores I ever gave in a competition was the one of these. Well, Annie Somebody Johnson made a killer. Classic American lager. Annie Johnson won a gold, I think, at J- at NHC with a classic American lager. Yeah, she did. Homebrew yeah. of the year. Yeah, 2013. Yeah, I think. yeah. so, so it, you it, have it, to make a. It's it's hard. It's hard to do because you yeah. have to have your system perfect. You have to have your fermentation under just total control. Yeah, and know the yeast. Hey, it's a yeah. lager. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's a whole other skill set. Yeah. And and in the, right in the style guidelines it says strong flavors are a fault. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> anything strong flavored, that's bad. You know, and and I challenge any homebrewer to make these. Not as like you know oh, you you can't do it, but that's a test of your brewing metal. I think is if you if you just try it. I can't do it. I can't make uh, pale hoppy beers. They turn up cloudy and not hoppy, and I don't know why. It's probably my water because mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. But you can uh, put smoke malt in them. Well, these are all filtered. Now and that's, you're making me thirsty, dude. Yeah, that's the other thing about them too. Is once these beers hit the shelf, they can only go downhill from there. Um, yeah, you know, they they long. control the oxygen levels in the, in the finished beer like you know less than three parts per billion or some crazy low level, just to make sure that as they age, they're not going to get uh, you know papery as quickly. But eventually, they're going to get more uh, kind of honey-like, papery. If they sit on a shelf past that uh, enjoy-by date or the 110 days past the born-on date, uh, whatever the case may be, it's going to start to get a little a little more uh, 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 stale flavors to it. Yeah. Did you get that? There's no there's no yeast in there to clean up, and I I didn't really get any in any of these. I got uh, in B. I got uh, getting a little banana bread. Banana bread. Are you guys getting that? Banana bread. I'm easily influenced. You said that, and I'm all yeah. Yeah, see, that's bread. the problem. The so suggestion. whenever you're whenever you're tasting beer with someone, you never no. tell them what they're drinking. Drink you this ask beer, them, right? Yeah, I can like, what are you that. getting? Drink this and imagine banana bread. In C, what are you getting, Steve? Steven. Ah, boy, I don't know. Just I, it, I'm out of my pay grade here. Nope. <laughs> Whatever you say is not wrong. Drink that's number what A. You are tasting. And imagine hot chili peppers. <laughs> You're wrong. I don't know. I think I'm. What are, what are my three choices? I think I'm just getting Miller. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. These beers taste Millerish. That's perfect. Right. That's a perfectly allowable description. Do you want to do the reveal? Or we need... let's let's talk a bit, little bit about the individual characters. And Lee and I okay. will kind of cover these quickly. But we did take some. Notes. I thought that uh, beer A had kind of a, a sharper cidery aroma. 
had a little bit of a green apple uh, acetaldehyde note in the nose. Uh, no diacetyl. It was grainy as expected. Um, you know, brilliant. They're all brilliant medium straw, so I won't even talk about the color on the rest of them. Although uh, the first couple right now, A has just no head. B and C have a little bit of head. The first the first time around, C had a little more head than the others. So it seemed like C had the best head retention of all of them. Um, they're all dry in the flavor, fairly crisp malt, uh, different levels of kind of crisp sharpness. The I thought that the um, the second one was a little crisper and sharper. The third one was a little more watery. The C was a little more watery and a bit smoother. And um, a little bit less of that sharpness there. And it had a little bit of kind of a corn-like thing in C. There was a very light corn in B also in the flavor, but a little more in the uh, the aroma. B had a little more corn-like in the aroma. So, um, again, the, S, the, the adjuncts can come through in different ways. Uh, rice is usually pretty neutral and just dries out the beer and is just, you know, an additional source for uh, for fermentables. doesn't really impart a lot of flavor. The, the corn adjunct one that is used, uh, and, and generally Miller is the one that uses the corn, uh, will we'll drive a little bit more of those kind of DMS corn-like flavors. It's not going to be heavy, but it, it gives a different, slightly different flavor to the beer. So, um, okay. yeah, mouthfeel-wise, uh, the first one was A is fairly spritzy. B is also a bit spritzy. They all have kind of a bit of a carbonic bite to them. Um, C was fairly spritzy with a pretty big carbonic bite. And um, overall, I thought a it was it was a, a bit biting. The carbonation seemed um, you know seemed pretty high, um, and it's just kind of a spritzy, biting, kind of sharp, fairly neutral beer with a little bit of green apple in it. Uh, B was again had a little bit of that corn in the, in the aroma, less in the flavor, uh, also a little bit biting, but it was also fairly crisp and refreshing to me, and I liked that about it. C. Had a smooth corn-like character. It was not overpowering, and to me, it seemed like the cleanest beer of the three. But uh, Lee might disagree with me on that. Uh, but I, I rated them. Uh, I rated C the highest at thirty-eight, B second highest at thirty-five, and A uh, thirty-three. In the category that they defined, so, yeah, essentially. Well, which yeah. is fun, but I mean, you can get yeah. some a little bit of bottled. Sure. Uh, variation too with yeah. age and whatever. So, uh, Lee, real quick, condition. Real quick, yeah. do you have any 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 rebuttals or anything to add to that? No, not really. I mean, uh, A, I thought a little bit of sulfite and acetaldehyde. B had sort of a candy corn aroma in the nose to me, oh, okay. and uh, very low. I mean, it's very hard to get. Interesting. And a, a little bit of um, some spicy floral hop flavor, but not much. Uh, maybe a little bit of corn in the flavor. I'm not sure. And C, C, I thought might have been a touch oxidized. I'm not sure what it is with C. There's something in C I really don't like. It's maybe a little oxidized, maybe a little, little rubbery or vegetal or something. There's just something vaguely unpleasant in C. And it also seemed to be the wateriest of them, the the, the lowest. I agree with that watery, watery flavor sort of to it. So uh, I thought I, I thought A was the wateriest. There you mm-hmm. go. Yeah, you can, you're yeah. free to be wrong. You're, you're libertarian <laughs> freedom here. Thank you. Free will. <laughs> Generally, water. What do you guys think? Yeah. I uh, I'm impressed by just the way you guys are describing because you're you're saying all these things. I'm like, yeah, that's a I don't know. I can't put it into words, but definitely B and C. The corn is much stronger in those two. That's what to yeah, me what's I setting A apart for sure. Yeah. Them, so uh, really let's find cool out what here. they are. The differences are very subtle. Bev, you want to tell us what they uh, are? Yeah. yeah. Well, Ben, before people listen farther, if they want to do a true test, they can have somebody listen to the end of the show and then pour A, B, and C, right. and then stop the tape right here. Right. Stop the tape, 
rewind and, and retaste everything, and then you'll kind of calibrate with us, maybe. But yeah. you'll notice yeah. stop when you hear the chimes after ring. the reveal. Okay. Oh, just chimes. Okay, do we want to say our votes first. Um, or do we care? Sh- sh- we don't yeah. care. Let's just. Yes, we do. Well, sure we do. Yeah, we care. We don't yeah. care. Brian, yes, we care. I, I thought that. Okay, uh, I thought A might have been. I thought A was pretty certainly the bud. I thought that B uh, was the Coors and C was the Miller. That was my guess. I thought A was Bud, B was Miller, and C was Coors. That's and so what did I got JP. Yeah. yeah, but I don't drink these beers all the time either. Yeah. So Todd, know. I'm in the same boat. Stephen, wow. oh, I don't know. I think I've been drinking too much Coors Light because I thought A was Coors, but yeah. Anyway, I think uh, it's the light C, that's throwing you. And C was Miller's. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I haven't had an actual Coors in a long time. So, so the by default B is Bud for you. Yeah. Okay. Beverly. Well. One of you got that correct. No. And that would be you. Yeah. Oh. All right, Steve. All right, Steve. Did I tell you where I went to school? I told you. <laughs> hey. oh, You've had it. Experience. Uh, so counts. so and, specifically the one that tasted Millery, that was Miller. Oh, yeah. I've had some bad reactions to that. So <laughs> We are also in that boat together. So A was Coors, B was Miller, was and Coor. C was Bud. No. No. A yeah. was... No. Oh well, then it's wrong. Then you I said wasn't Miller right. with C. I thought. Yeah, I definitely said Miller with yeah. C. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so A I got, was I got, Coors, B was Bud, yeah, C was I Miller. I got it right, dude. Yeah, yeah. B is Budweiser. B is Bud. Wow. Bud I actually kind of liked it, but I did like C best, which was again C was what again? Ew. C Miller was the Miller. Highlight. You like Miller? Ooh, no. Not gonna lie, no. I, it was my favorite. <laughs> I guess that one. They're right? not a sponsor, are they? No, they're not. Okay, are you kidding good. me? Woo. Miller. I don't realize so much. They apple. wouldn't give us a pumpkin. Of uh, the three, though, I did. I did definitely think the C was the most corn-like of them. So, I mean, the B had a little bit of corn-like to me, and I, yeah, it, you know, I liked it. Can just come from fermentation as well. You can get a little bit of that DMS in there along with the acid aldehyde that it kicks off. But yeah, A had a ton of that apple-y. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, that. Yep. Yeah. It was, had they, you know. Maybe they similarly kind of, I don't know if they drop out their yeast in another course. way. I know, I know Bud uses yes, the, the beechwood aging to drop out their yeast. Maybe, maybe Coors does something different, but. It's the banquet beer, man. Banquet it beer. It is the banquet. Well, you know, I'm you know. not having a banquet with it, which is why I didn't need some apples. That's funny because I, I, I would think too that. Can you order us a banquet? I'm kind of hungry. Of the three, After like. this, we need it. If I were yeah. forced to order one, I would probably order a Coors banquet beer. And I rated it the lowest. So that's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed you the Miller the most. Well, if it's it, it, the way I made my decision is that a uh, uh, Coors is basically what you can drink the most of because it has less flavor profile. Right. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. like like Bud, I can't drink a ton of Budweiser because it it's, it's too, too rich. It's too actually. heavy for you. Yeah, actually, <laughs> it's like well, I mean, Bud. Guinness. Well, we're talking. You got to put this all in context. So, <laughs> you know, we're talking half a keg or whatever. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 it's not. Did everybody get one right? Oh, I feel like I wish I knew Steve yeah. in college, but then I feel like <laughs> I wish I didn't yeah. know Steve in college. Uh, Trust me. <laughs> it would have been your better and worst friend. It's better now. It's, all the, stories, better it's now. all the stories after the keg that you <laughs> right. don't want to know about. Yeah. Todd, Todd's really quiet. So I took apart this guy's Volkswagen with my hands. We've all been involved with things like kilted keg stands and you know beer yeah. bongs and whatnot. All of us. Uh, okay, let's wrap it up real quick. This is normally in uh, the part in the program where we would give away the Grog Tag $40, at least your beer will look good, gift certificate to the uh, brewer with the lowest score. Who authorized that? Yeah. But that is Steve, and since Steve nice. doesn't necessarily need anything... 
from his own business. Anheuser Busch, and they need a coupon. <laughs> yeah, at least you're. Uh, Bev, pick someone in the chat, and they're going to get this thing. Okay. Boom. Chat room. I am thinking of a number. Oh, guess Beverly's between number. one and two. What? <laughs> Between yeah, one you got to give oh, them a yeah, parameter. Like, between one and seven hundred fifty. <laughs> <laughs> between one Infinity. and twenty. One and twenty. All right. So chat room, guess Bev's number. One and twenty. And then we also, uh, conversely, for the best scoring beer, uh, we give um, a, a nice price pack from HighGravityBrew.com. Uh, you go to High Gravity Brew. They're they're a great uh, homebrew supply shop. They have a bunch of equipment, all that kind of stuff, and they are uh, so gracious to give us. Um, yeah. A little little something to give away. So, uh, Bev, pick two people, and they're going to win for our winners. Yeah. It's not really hard. You just pick another person. Hmm. Well, you don't have to do it right now. Okay, and I'll, I just wanted to mention, too, while we're, while we're doing this, of the scores, Lee and I averaged our scores. So the, the A, the, the Coors, we gave an average score of 35.5. The B, the Bud, we gave an average score of 37.5. And the, the Miller the C beer we gave a thirty six point five. So the, so you you the guys average, like Budweiser the best. Yeah. Yeah. If you average out there our house, then Bud the is the king is one. Bud yeah. is the lowest common denominator of those. Yeah. Those. Uh, We're gonna get that price back from High Gravity and just take it up to Fairfield yeah. and just deliver just, it to them. Just hand it to them. Here, that you is, guys, we won this. That's an amazing brewery up there. I mean, they, you could clean out one corner for fermenter with this. <laughs> right. They brew a lot of really clean beer and they distribute it far and wide. And they keep it fresh. They do a good job doing it, too. It flows through our nation like blood through our veins. (laughs) It's American. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. This is an interesting test, Brian. Thanks for grabbing these things. Oh, you're welcome, JP. So, uh, Todd and Steve, before we take off, uh, tell me about the National Homebrew Label Awards. Please. Go, Todd. Go. (laughs) Uh, We're actually really excited about this program. I mean, it's... um, you know, part of what evolved from Grog Tag was being homebrewers and creating, trying to create labels and something to make it like it's a brand, right? It's not yeah. just your your fluid in a bottle. You're you're creating something that's that's unique to yourself, and you you want to put a label on it. And that's a metaphor for whatever you want to put on it. You can put a piece of gum on it for all I care. And that's a label. If it, if, it, if it reflects what's inside or what you think it's inside. Doesn't matter. That's what so, it is. Like we we're calling Grog like this um, competition. The it's the Homebrew Label Awards. So it is the the most creative competition that's in the homebrew environment that's out there. And we've sponsored some label programs, you know, like label competitions throughout the years as we've gotten started. We just figured there's something that we could do to really accelerate this and really appreciate the people and are homebrew friends and community that actually make grog tag special to us like we the labels we see in jp you can sort of attest to this is the one who you know populates the label of the day yeah. and, and our galleries and stuff like we see some really awesome stuff come through so that's some great yeah there's some really creative yeah funny it, people out it's there. fun and you know and a lot of this comes through our social media so um if you see it see it there or you can come to the site and see it but it's it's fun to see and it's just like recipes like what we're doing here today testing tasting different things like we all have preferences we all have opinions on it but um we just thought we could create a vehicle for people to express like their creativity in the homebrew environment outside of just making 
recipes. Yeah. So um, we're really excited about it. We've partnered up with um, uh, Craft Beer and Brewing and More Beer, the BN. Thank you guys for being a sponsor and helping us uh, get the word out. This is our inaugural event, um, as well as uh, Blink, uh, Blickman's on board. And um, Scott Electric Home Brewing is in on it, too. So people are starting to get this awareness of what's going on and it's really cool like upload anything it doesn't it's not a grog tag thing it's a it's a creative thing right we're trying to create the we're trying to um express and you know promote the creativity that is in homebrewing not just in the recipe building and the building equipment like there you see a lot of that's what we mostly see but there's another side of homebrewing that is really spectacular and awesome to sort of enjoy. It's yeah, it's it's a it's a second level of creativity. Yeah. You can have all that kind of stuff, but not everybody can design their own labels. Correct. So it's driven by Grog Tag. You guys came up with the thing, but it's a different entity. So you don't have to necessarily have made your label on Grog Tag. Correct. You could use anything. Huh? I, I could tie dye a rubber chicken and tape it to the side of the bottle. Yeah, that would be a, a legitimate entry. Exactly. Sure. There's awesome. no. Where's that chicken? <laughs> this is like grog tag is a sponsor. We are not. It, this is not a grog tag thing. Yeah. We wanted. Yeah. We wanted it to be a separate entity to l- let people express themselves in whatever level they wanted to do. I mean, yeah. Well, that's yeah, great. The reality of it is, we want to create the biggest label competition that happens every year with the best prizes, best judges. Mm-hmm. And so the prizes, it's like over twenty five hundred bucks in prizes. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're gonna have you're gonna have judges happening, and and uh, more importantly, like a people's choice thing. So yeah, one of them is a the fan site. base. You vote on the site. <clears throat> yeah, load your load your label. Tell your friends. Vote like crazy. The one of the biggest prizes is the is the fan choice one. And I just, I, you know, Todd's already said this, but it's just the creativity is really cool that people that people have especially the more passionate they are about their horrible beers like the better the label seriously have like, you entered your yeah. label yet i have not but after today after yes. today it's no longer i'm sorry it's i'm not that bad right get that yeah. you're borderline mis- very good i misunderstood that's the new label uh, i'm only slightly sorry and i apologize that i listened to jp that's right uh, my J- brother better drink my beer willingly now that's right that's right jp's and lament GP too. right that's yeah. what it's called. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. Like we're going to the NHC, and we're actually the the National Homebrew Label Awards is actually going to have its own booth there at the expo. It's separate from Grog Tag, and we are actually Grog Tag actually has a new piece of equipment. We're printing 3D images on top of bottles and growlers, and that's something we're testing right now. It's really exciting. We're excited about it, but our plan is to have the 50 best label or image submissions printed on a bottle in 3d on display at the national homebrew conference in san diego for people there the five thousand people that come to vote outside of the website that we have wow. lined up which is the national homebrewawards.com awesome. home so we're really excited about like that you know that opportunity to just put it out there in a bigger picture so yeah just um, a cool way for people to get recognition for their the creativity and the labels. Some of the labels yeah. are really cool. Yeah, some of them they are, are really, good. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I used to make labels for my home brews. You know, the first many, many batches that I made, and it was just part of the expression. I had my own brand of beer, kind of, and I like wanted right. to share it yeah. with my friends. And I, I bottled almost everything back then. So it was before I started kegging. But it was just like another creative outlet alongside of making the recipes. And it was just 
kind of part part of what's bundled into and i really like that part of the hobby myself personally and i'm pretty proud of some of the labels i made but then i look at other labels that people make and it's like oh my god yeah. <laughs> how do how do they have the time to make it that perfect yeah, that's the hard yeah. you know, great mine are a little home spot i made one called ransom note red where i cut little pieces of newspaper out and we're not giving them back until you pay us x number of dollars yeah, we're gonna steal that you by know the way. and that was my late one <laughs> that's the next thing. you're gonna down. see that on the we're not yeah. going to give you any guest artist commission no. at all. <laughs> That's okay. I give that idea up to the masses now. I, yeah, I, I think uh, it's not that uh, people in their home brews and their labels. It's not that far removed from the from the the big brewery. Well, quote big breweries that are craft breweries. Like like I look at you guys are going up to Rogue, right? Yeah. And I look at Rogue Rivers labels. I still get the impression that they have as much fun doing those labels. I really don't see a difference between what they're doing and what we see on the homebrews. You know, that's funny because I, I get that same sense from, uh, but in the opposite way from, from some breweries, and I can't think of one off the top of my head. But you look at a label and you're like, that can't be very fun to make. Mm-hmm. And part of owning a, uh, owning a brewery is you're making this fun product that people have fun drinking and it's an experience and it's an expression of you and then you have a label that's just like your it doesn't your heart's not as into it as clearly is in your product but homebrewers are very different. Yeah. Well, I think they get caught in they get caught in the brand as you know branding becomes so yeah. important and I don't know. I I love Sierra Nevada. I love their beers. I really love them. I I think they're caught up a little bit in like the branding, their labels are a little too considered. They don't have as much fun as I think they could have with their labels. They try with the illustrations yeah, in the they're middle. They're very traditional. Right. Yeah. yeah. They have people like clown shoes, you know, undead party crasher smoked imperial stout. It looks like a freaking cartoon. <laughs> yeah, right. it's yeah like, that's right. Wow. It's fun. <laughs> that's that's cool, you yeah. know. Like yeah. really, you have to make your beer stand out these days in order to even get noticed with some of the newer breweries, it seems like. Yeah. yeah. I still, to this day, when I go when I go to the, like the local Nugget Market or whatever, and I look for the new beers... I look for the promise of the label. Like, yeah, what is it absolutely. telling me? What does it want to... It's how I buy my wine. Yeah, it's so it much is. of wine. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it's counterindicative. You know, it's like, oh, this is, this is a great label. And the, the wine's horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know. I mean, it could be just like an excuse to sell it. Like, our marketing is really good, but our winemaker kind of sucks. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I mean, a lot of times you can have both. It, it's probably a crapshoot. I don't know. But, well, we're, hey. that's what... Grog Tag is a marketing genius yeah. for the average home brewer. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a vehicle. You can sell your beer to your brother. And he'll buy it. Not your brother. <laughs> right. Well, maybe. If I had a label on it, he might be fooled, man. Yeah. Steve's Amber. Austin That's right. Amber. This is a new microbrew. That's right. Dude, check it out. Check it out. I bought it down at the corner. I wonder if anyone's tried to do that with Grog Tag, like pass their homebrew off as a commercial beer oh, yeah. just to mess with their friend. I guarantee it. It has to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. Guarantee it. Yeah, I think we've seen some of those in the... By the simple fact of like commercial breweries who have approached us on legality measures of you know name recognition of you know things that are sort of posted and uploaded in a homebrew environment so it's just you can tell like people are out there trying to do well you can also do like uh reverse shoplifting and like bring your beer into a you know a bed or something just like clear out if there's Swap an empty it. rack or like take, take a bunch of beers out send them up there and just like line, line your beer up there and like uh, you know put a little tag we're in not there, encouraging some, anyone to do that put some no, no, price tags on it but if you were no, to do you, that then you could grog tags are removable so you can if yeah you, if you want film it and post it to the facebook page <laughs> and if you wanted to pull it off definitely don't replicate the barcode we're not <laughs> 
Because yeah. <laughs> they would never know. Right. Not legal, yeah. Never would actually ring that. up as a Sierra Nevada at the front. <laughs> no. Yeah, we wouldn't want to do anything that reflects badly on, on, on these guys here. But yeah. We wouldn't want to. I, I just think of creative stuff like that. I've, I've got my own beer brand. I'm going to put it in the stores. <laughs> I don't have distributing. Oh, who needs that? Just go yeah. straight to the store and put it in there. Well, just distribute. See if they catch it. Yeah. yeah. And you won't make any money on it. But it's not that. It's the point. <laughs> I sold my beer at a store. So, National Homebrew Labels Awards, you go to homebrewlabelawards.com, yep. yeah. and uh, if you have a label, upload it, and if you don't have a label, vote for someone else's label. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Check them out. It I mean, it, we, that's, it's really is just meant for a celebration of creativity, have a good time. Yeah. There's no uh, no requirements, you know, you just upload cool cool stuff, get some votes, win some stuff. And we're going to uh, yeah. air it out at NHC and, and have air a booth out. and all that I kind mean, of stuff. I mean, we yeah. sort of threw it out as like a $2,500 prize, and I'm not trying to stimulate it, but, you know. The, yes, we are. This, what are you talking about? But the, <laughs> but the reality is, like, the sponsors that are starting to come on board now that we're – this is an inaugural event. Like, we've never done this, and we just launched a couple weeks ago, and it's yeah. we're getting a lot of inquiries now. Like, I think we're going to have a lot more prizes to give away to the and I want to elaborate a little bit. So we have a grand prize, a runner up, and then we have a fan favorite. So your vote your votes de- you know are dependent on that fan favorite getting getting the win. Um and then we have a uh ten top ten for honorable mention. So we have thirteen total prizes coming out. Um so we hope that uh, everyone puts in a vote and, and gets on. But we're gonna have yeah. I think a lot more than twenty five hundred dollars in prizes to give out, which is we're really proud of. Um, That's great. Just to be, we should probably also just mention uh, that uh, along with Grog Tag and the other right. sponsors thrown in, uh, craft beer and brewing has really, really thrown in, thrown their weight behind it. They've been a great partner. Yeah, and just really appreciate cool. it. Awesome. So uh, we're yeah, not the great folks over there. Yeah, we're yeah. not sure where it ends up, but uh, we're kind of hoping that we can even uh, maybe the final ad. You know, who knows? It might. Appear in a magazine somewhere. Maybe we'll see. I'm going to put some pressure on them. Oh, this yeah. Seems to me like yeah. this is a natural addition yeah. to the NHC. I mean, this this is something that you know somebody should consider doing a long while ago, and you guys are doing it. So kudos. That's. I mean, it, it seems natural to me. It's the just perfect. Me. The perfect result for Grog Tag would be a zero score in the competition <laughs> for the beer and winning the competition. Yeah. That'd be perfect. Perfect. Yeah, zero. Right. I'm, I'm gonna call my Eight. beer courtesy thirteen. Yeah. It's like an SAT, dude. You get like fifteen points for putting your fucking well, name on whatever. Whatever. Right? <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Just entering. You're doing great. That's not beer. <laughs> That's awesome. Before we take off, I want to uh, remind you guys about the AHA. Uh, you know the AHA. They're the American Homebrewers Association. They fight for your right to party in your garage, uh, do whatever you want. You're not making meth. You're making beer. You know who cares? Who knows it? Uh, so check them out, uh, American Homebrew Association. Uh, become a member. Uh, it's you know you get Zymergy, you get a bunch of cool stuff on their forum. Uh, it's the only way to to enter the National Homebrew Conference. So if you are a National Homebrew Competition rather uh, at the National Homebrewers Conference, it's NHCs, man. Screw me up. Uh, anyway, check them out. They've been a sponsor of of, uh, of the Brewing Network for a long time, and uh, they're a lot of nice people. And, and you know they really do work really hard for you to make sure that uh, the cops won't come and, and, and confiscate all your work-chilling things. So what about our five-star chemicals package for the brewers that entered today? Are we going to send one to Bud Miller and Coors? Yeah, maybe. And Bro- Grog Tag guys? Yeah, we'll send it to Steve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know. He's okay. a home brewer, after all. He he just, all right, so he, the, you know, the Grog Tag crews get donate for whatever was entered to multiple. So for every beer entered, Coors, Bud, Miller. <laughs> yeah. 
whatever Steve brought, the pale amber clone. You got yeah. ten seconds. Yeah. Amber, you got ten uh, seconds. Anyways, yeah. No, we'll we'll pony up and contribute with that. So all right, all right. You guys are very generous. Thanks for coming in, guys. Thank you so much for sponsoring us. And thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. Stay tuned. Uh, if you're live, we have another episode coming up. And if not, uh, advance to the next one on the podcast. See you later. See you next week. Yeah. <laughs>